Begin reading with chapter 1, verse 1. The descendants of Adam were Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Eleo, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. The sons of Noah were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Descendants of Japheth were... I could fast forward a little bit. Let's go to chapter 2. The, the sons of Israel were Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Oh, let's just go to chapter 3. The I mean, isn't this fascinating? These are the sons of David who were born in Hebron. The oldest was Ammon. His mother was an Ahianan. From Jezreel. The second was Daniel, whose mother was Abigail. The third was Absalom. Let's go to chapter 4. The descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Her. Brad and Andre, if, I mean, I got all kind of names for you this morning. I, the last few weeks, I just keep coming up with these possible names that they could name the, the child that, they're, that uh, will be born in a few months. So, I mean, lots of, lots of good biblical names. It's fascinating to read, right? This list may appear to be uninteresting and unnecessary to the modern reader, but it was of great interest to those living in the Chronicler's time. By giving this genealogical list, and we actually we could read that it's all the way from chapter 1 to chapter 9. He's demonstrating a national identity that reached back across the tragedy of the exile. Because the continuity shown by these lists, people could believe that the promises given to them before the exile were for them too. Even in some cultures today, when, when genealogies are played, we, we're gonna, uh, every February we have a special offering for Faith Comes by Hearing. And in certain cultures around the globe, every time they play the genealogies, they cry because it's so meaningful for them that they could could have such historical evidence in oral cultures where they don't have the written word. This is a hugely impactful, the continuity and the connection. Now, I can think back, and I thank God for a spiritual heritage of grandparents and grandparents and in Carmen's life. I, I don't know a whole lot of my ancestors. We really, when you look at a chapter like this, I feel a little bit convicted. I don't know more of my history of the continuity of God's blood. We serve a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We serve a God of the generations. Matthew gives an account from Abraham to Jesus. And in Luke 3, it takes Jesus all the way back to Adam. And can I tell you another insight as you read genealogies, there's a lot of flawed people in the midst of the story of God. You don't have to be a perfect person to make it into the genealogy. I mean, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And he takes flawed individuals and, re and redeems them and uses him, them for his glory. In the midst of the genealogies, we see several gems. We're not alone. God is sovereign. God is orderly. Isn't it awesome that God knows our name? We also learn that salvation is for all. Right in the middle of this huge nine chapters of names, there's a little gem. I told you we've been 
These last few weeks as your pastor, we're going to pray some things right out of Scripture. And one of the prayers, right in the middle of this genealogy, there's a little gem of a prayer that burst on the scene. Chapter 4, verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Here's the prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And then look what it says. So God granted him what he requested. We know very little about Jabez. Birth was painful for his mother. All mothers may say, I understand that. It's... We also know that he was honorable. He was eulogized for his sincere faith and fervent piety. He, he was a doctor of the law. He had a town named after him. He lived in the time of the Canaanites and likely used this prayer to eliminate the Canaanites. Jabez had a big task that needed the favor of God. And I think we can use this prayer or understand this prayer as a vow to God. A simple prayer here. This, I, I've been praying last week all, that prayer out of Colossians over you and over my life all week. And several people said, and that went to some young people that are serving in the military. The notes to that message about God filling us with the knowledge of his will. This is scripture. This is wonderful ways to pray for one another. And we can pray this simple prayer. And kids, I'm going to ask you, if you'll commit this prayer to memory and tell it to me over the next three weeks, you'll come up, no notes, just repeat the prayer, Jabez. Uh, you know, it's going to be worth a yogurt or a special little treat, all right? You got it? But why don't you say it with me? Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. This prayer is broken up into four statements. Let's take them one at a time this morning. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. He's saying here, I'm trusting not in my own ability, but only in your blessing and help. If we're not careful, we can think this is a selfish prayer. I don't believe that's where he's coming from in this. In this because many a heroes of the faith would pray similar prayers. Oh, God, bless me. Bruce Wilkinson wrote a little book about this prayer. And he says to bless in the biblical sense means to ask for or impart supernatural favor. When we ask God for when we ask for God's blessing, we're not asking for more of what we could get for ourselves. We're crying out for the wonderful, unlimited goodness that only God has the power to give us. Check out this verse from Proverbs. The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. When I tell you I'm blessed, and you know when I greet you, oftentimes that's what I say, and you say that sometimes at the grocery store, we're saying the Lord's blessing is our greatest Well, Our work adds nothing to it. Can I tell you this morning, it's in God's nature to bless His people. He made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis Chapter 12, and he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. 
Genesis 32, he said, let me go for the daybreak. But he said, I will not go, Jacob would say, unless you bless me. Great heroes of the faith, I'm not going to go unless you bless me. Psalm 72, his name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in God. Can I look you in the eye today and say, you and I are blessed. We're blessed to live in America. We're blessed to have the word of God. We're blessed to have family of God around us. We're blessed. Friends, the blessing is not only for us, but it is for those around us. Blessing is spiritual prosperity. Jabez is playing for God's best in his life. Bless me indeed. Bless me a lot. Bless me big time. And praying for this prayer, he's not asking for a bigger house or a fancy car or easy street, double his income. Jabez is focusing like a laser on our wanting for ourselves nothing more, nothing less than what God wants for us. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. He is aligning himself with what God is wanting to do in his life. Some may plod on through life undisturbed, just the status quo, but not Jabez, no. Some may be content in spiritual ruts, but not Jabez. No, he's saying, Lord, you got to bless me. Some are willing to go through the motions in life. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to just go through the motions. Jabez is not willing to go through the motions. Crowd this morning, let the Holy Spirit stir up something down deep in our heart as we cry out, as we pray this prayer. Oh, God, that you would bless me. Bless me indeed. Can I ask you this morning, are you in a position for God to bless you? C.S. Lewis says, he cannot bless you. Unless he has you. (laughs) I believe in provenient grace. Even those that are out of the ark of safety as God is working in their life. Grace is working in their life. God is drawing them to. But if we can give ourselves to the Lord, then he can use us as he does Jabez in a very powerful way. Deuteronomy 11. Look today, I'm giving you the choice. Spirit of God says to us today, I'm giving you a choice, blessing, I'm putting it before you, blessing and curse. I I don't want, blessing and curse, okay? (laughs) Everybody getting up and going this side, huh? You will be blessed if you, here's the condition, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from Him and worship gods you have not known before. Every single one of us have an opportunity. We can choose blessings or curse. I want to pray with Jabez. Lord, bless me indeed. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Jabez longs to increase his outreach. He's he's wanting to push out his borders. This is where we ask God to enlarge our lives so we can make a greater impact for him. Are you with me? This is where we ask God to increase our borders so we can make a greater impact for him. This is more than just real estate. This is impact, influence, and opportunities to make a mark for God. 
Now, God says a lot about real estate in the Bible. <laughs> he says a lot about the land. There's a lot. I love all the geography, and we, we can go in and possess the land. Yes, that's what we want. But it's more than just about real estate. As we pray, God, enlarge my territory. God, increase my influence, increase my impact. This morning, if somehow the Holy Spirit could help us to believe God for a little bit more influence in our family, for a little bit more impact in our neighborhood, I believe God's wanting to do something new in my life and in your life as you trust Him in enlarging your territory. God, help me make a greater impact for you. Spoke of one's place with plenty of room to go, to grow. Jabez's time, part of the recent national history was Joshua's conquest of Canaan. Partition of the promised land into chunks of real estate. And they were instructed to drive out these Canaanites just of you that you have told us to root out. God, help us enlarge our territory even when there's somebody living on our inheritance. Can you have that faith today that God would increase your territory? Thank you, Lord, for everything you've placed under my care. Take it, Lord, and enlarge it. Wilkinson was speaking at a Christian college and talking about this. And he, he, in that presentation, brought out a globe. And he asked the students to come place their hand on the globe and and began asking God for that country or that place on the globe. One of them placed their hand on Trinidad. Man, my my computer's got these pictures that rotate through, and and Bora Bora came up this week. I showed it to Carmen, and she says, "Sign me up." I mean, so if I had a globe here this morning, I think I'd be going for the South Pacific and trying to put my finger on Bora Bora. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? This particular student was talking about finger went to Trinidad. And, and so they said, begin to ask God for Trinidad and for a plane to get to Trinidad. Two students asked God for the opportunity to share their faith with the governor of the state of California. They took out some sleeping bags, 400 miles, pounding on doors. But in just a few days, they had shared the gospel with two gas station attendants, four security guards, the head of the National Guard, the head of the health, health, education, and welfare for the state, the head of the California Highway Patrol, the governor's staff, and the governor himself, all because they were praying this prayer. God, two college students, God, enlarge my territory. Next, Operation Jabez happened to Trinidad. A summer's mission trip came out of that prayer that day. 126 students got on an airplane and went to Trinidad. God listens to our prayers. God is wanting to do something in our lives if we'll just trust Him with our lives. I've told you about my brother-in-law, Joe Taylor, I was a teenager and would help him in his little small print shop. The print shop was no larger than the shed we have on the property here. We'd go out and work in the 
help him with that project. And God called him to Papua New Guinea. And while he was there, God gave him a vision of, of uh, spreading the gospel in simple English. So much of the world wants to learn English. And many cultures have the Bible, but they don't have Christian literature. And so he, he started publishing the gospel, gospel publishing mission. And every Olympic has been a huge project that, that they've handed out the gospel and a little booklet that people don't want to throw away. It's so nice. Nicely done, and in the back is a testimony and the presentation of the gospel. And today, he, he's just an incredible man of faith. He's he's not anywhere close to two hundred fifty thousand dollars that he needs for Tokyo twenty twenty. But he's there. He was there this past week, meeting with people and and groups and churches that will be distributing the gospel. And twenty five, thirty years ago, I remember him. God unpacking the vision, and, and it never would have, in his wildest dream, had the impact. God has enlarged his territory from a little print shop in Sulphur, Louisiana, and he impacted the Rio games, the London games, and impacting now Tokyo games, where the world is in one place. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. I prayed that prayer as we by faith, walked across the swamp or drove across the swamp and came here. God enlarged my territory in the city of Lafayette, not just in the church here, but I had no clue of just listening to the Lord of the impact and influence that I would have with the mayor and the city council. You understand what I'm saying? Your your territory is more than just your family. It's more than just your neighborhood. Any pastor that pastors, we tell them your your jurisdiction is over the city, not just your flock. Theologians said there's not one square inch over which God doesn't cry. Christ doesn't cry. Mine. Or to use a vessel that is set apart, that is sanctified holy, to enlarge the territory for the kingdom of God. Man, I'm excited as we step back from some things. Some of you are stepping right up. <laughs> and so as I, as I increase my territory, some of you, it's given you the opportunity. And I think I just sense and feel the Lord so in it. As I think about, Lord, increase my territory, I was looking at my wall in my study this morning, and I've got that map of Acadiana and all, where all the Walmarts are. And I may not get to see the fruition of that, but I know God has planted seeds in other people's heart, dreams in other people's heart. Colin has shared with me what God is doing in his life. It could be that our young people will fulfill some of those dreams that God started in me you may be the one, as you pray this prayer, God, enlarge my territory. You with me this morning? Don't be afraid of it. <laughs> Don't be afraid. This might be a dangerous prayer, but it's a godly prayer to pray. Can I tell you something? It's okay. Go ahead and expect a little resistance. Because if you take extra territory or we take territory back from Satan, guess what? He doesn't like that. You start praying for your family, you can expect spiritual warfare. I'm not going to lie to you this morning. But are we going to be effective? God blessing us, enlarging our territory. We're going to just go through the motions. I don't think we want to go through the motions. I don't want to go through the motions. I want to have a greater impact. Lord, increase my territory. 
Here's a little math formula for you this morning. My willingness and weakness. Catch this this morning. My willingness and my weakness plus God's will and supernatural power equals my expanding territory. You with me? I got to have it's, you, the formulas got to include our willingness and we got to admit I am nothing without you. Go ahead and admit our weakness. And that's what Jabez, his pain, his name means pain and suffering. So he's admitting his weakness as God, I've got to have you. But you couple that with God's will and his supernatural ability and whoo, some wonderful things can happen. Start to say, let the good times roll. Brad, you'll have to say it for me. But spiritual, yeah. Good things can begin to happen as we couple our willingness and weakness with God's will and supernatural ability. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Oh, that your hand would be with me. <laughs> you say, Pastor, wait a minute. What, 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 what's God asking me to do? <laughs> What do you want me to do? We look at the task and we recognize we must have divine intervention. If God's hand isn't with us, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> As God's sons and daughters, we're expected to ex- attempt something large enough that failure is guaranteed unless God steps in. That is the nature of how God works. Mark Batterson says, bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. That was impactful to me several years ago as was a quote from Manly Beasley, a Baptist preacher that crisscrossed all over the state of Louisiana. He says, what are you asking God for that if he doesn't come through, you're sunk? Friends in America, we often are guilty of praying prayers that we can answer ourselves. You know why God moves in Africa and so many places around the globe in such a powerful way? Because they're asking desperate prayers. They're asking God for things. They may be asking Him for food on the table. They may be, they're asking God for things that if He doesn't come through, they're sunk. And I'm just testifying for me this morning. You don't have to get up here with me and testify. But I'm saying, God, forgive me for not believing You for even more greater thing. God, help me believe You for things that if You aren't with me, if You aren't in it, I'm sunk. What are you asking God for? When's the last time God worked through you in such a way that you knew God had done it? Circumstances may appear to Eric Little said this circumstances may appear to wreck our lives, but God is not helpless among the ruins. Our broken lives are not lost or useless. God's love is still working. He comes in and takes the calamity and uses it victoriously, working out His wonderful plan of love. Oh, that your hand would be with me, even if it's in difficult circumstances. That's what Jabez's name means, pain and suffering. Even in the chaos of our lives, the hand of God, Symbolic of the presence of God. Joshua 4. They've crossed the Jordan. They've been instructed to pick up stones. Make a memorial, a testimony of God's hand. Watch this. 
that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. It was a testimony that they had walked through on dry ground, that God had done something supernatural. You can't do that in the human. That takes participation with an almighty God. So set up these stones as a memorial that all the world may know that the hand of God is with you. Scripture reveals that the hand of God is either for us or against us. Now think about this for a minute. If God be for us, who can be against us? Here's an example of God's hand against 1 Samuel 12:15. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. It's pretty clear, right? <laughs> you got a testimony of the hand of God being for and a testimony of the hand of God being against. I want to be on God's side. I want the hand of God working. I, I just, I, oh God, help me be right in alignment with what you are trying to do. And then working with the hand of God. The hand of God's the Holy Spirit working in us. Acts chapter 11. The hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The hand of the Lord was with them. What's happening in Acts chapter 11? The Holy Spirit was falling on the Gentiles and not everybody was happy about it. See, territory for the kingdom of God was expanding and not everybody was happy about it. They were having a fuss about it. Are these Gentiles going to get included in the plan of God? And the church of Jerusalem sends Barnabas over here and, and Barnabas, filled with the Spirit of God, says, Oh, yes, God's at work. It's there at... Antioch, where the followers, the disciples of Jesus Christ, were first called Christians. But here this verse tells us that the hand of the Lord was with them. A great number believing and turning to the Lord. These are the days of the harvest. (laughs) Dry bones, Ezekiel says, come into life. Oh, that your hand would be with me. Even if he leads you to the valley of bones. I don't know of any of you on this beautiful day just rushing out to have a picnic in a graveyard. We'd rather go to the park, right? But what if the Spirit of the Lord calls us to a graveyard? Graveyards, valley of dry bones. It's it's yucky. <laughs> it's hot in the valley. It even stinks down there. Graveyard duty. I really don't want to do it. Oh, that your hand would be with me. There's some great things can happen in the graveyard. Deuteronomy 11 says, Be strong and of good courage. Don't fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What if he leads me to a graveyard? Well, the Spirit of the Lord. The first verse of that says, The Spirit of the Lord led me to a valley, and it was very dry. But then God, my willingness, coupled with God's power, prophesied to the bones, preached to the breath, and, the, and life came back to the bones, and life came back. They prophesied, he prophesied to the breath, and breath came back, and a great army rose up. Friends, God brings life into dead places. And your territory may include the valley. He may want you to go to where it looks like it's hopeless. There is no life there. But God is saying through us, through this prayer of Jabez, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That you would enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me. Look, if we go with the hand of God, it's going to be all right. Whatever the Spirit of God is saying to you today, if the hand of the Lord is with you, look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What are you asking God for? Can you accomplish it in your own strength and power? One author said, we like our M&M life. Now, that's not Madeline and Macy life. We, have our, we talk about our M&Ms all the time. But he says, as long as things are manageable and the fears and risks are minimal, we think we have life in hand. Come on now. As long as, as, long as I can manage it and the fears and risks are minimal. God wants to do a whole lot more than that, y'all. Fear not. I am with you. Don't play it safe. And the discussion about Peter this week, right? We lambast him for getting out of the boat. I mean, get, walking on water and getting his eyes off of Jesus. But he's the only one risk enough to get out of the boat. God, give us a little bit more Peter in our lives to risk it for Jesus, for the kingdom. Bruce Wilkinson says, the second you're not feeling dependent is the second you've backed away from truly living by faith. We have to feel dependent on him. God, if you don't come through, I'm sunk. Hebrews says it this way, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to trust and believe in what God has promised. Oh, that your hand would be with us. And the last one is, oh, that you would keep me from evil. As we move into extraordinary life that God has for us, we move into new territory for God. Again, we're, we're invading the enemy's territory. So we need to pray this prayer, oh, that you would protect me from evil. Many an event, individual has attempted and even done great things for God only to let their guard down and let the enemy creep back in. Bruce was preaching one time, and he had a weekend, and he just he poured his heart out. He gets on the plane. He sits down in the middle seat, and guy on this side, a guy on this side, and they both pull out their pornography. Just had a spiritual victory, and the temptation is there, but he prays this prayer. Oh, that you would protect me from evil, and just moments later, they both put it away. Probably so much of the Spirit of God right there, they were convicted. 
Friends, as we move into enemy territory, this is the prayer that we need to pray. Oh, that you would protect me from the evil one. I worry sometimes we get too comfortable with sin. We, we try to play with fire and see that we, what we can get away with. I've shared this illustration with you before, the, the tryouts for the chariot driver. The king, the sovereign, needed a new chariot driver. And so it was announced they're going to have tryouts on the mountain. And there was a very precarious curve. And it came down to three individuals and they were going to have a trial run. Demonstrate to us, before we put the monarch on this chariot, we need to see how you're going to navigate a curve, a precarious curve such as this. Driver one gets on and he takes it all to the very edge and he just is moving at a great speed and he gets right up to the edge and, and, but, but he holds it all together and is able to navigate the curve. Driver number two does the same thing. He's like, I, I gotta show it up a little bit and so maybe even a little bit more speed and he takes the curve and it's really close to the edge but he's able to, to, he's a good driver. He gets it back. Driver number three gets in and Instead of going over to the edge, drives as close to the mountain as he possibly can. He hugs the mountain with the chariot. He's the one that got the job. Because the driver needed to do everything in their power to stay away from danger. To stay away. So God help us to drive as close to the mountain, as close to the rock, Jesus Christ, as we possibly can. My wife knows there's too many sweets on the counter. And I think even now I found all her hiding places in the pantry. She, she, she told me even this week, she said, I think I'm going to have to get rid of that stuff. If it's not available, I can't partake of it, right? We got to live a little bit more like that. Move the candy jar. The Lord taught us to pray this way, didn't he? In the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Romans 12, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, right before he prays that prayer that, that they be sanctified, he says, abstain from every form of evil. Abhor what is evil. Abstain from every form. Sometimes I wonder we ought to just pull out that old saying, what part of no, don't you understand? Sometimes we have this little argument with God, right? Okay. Preaching to myself, I guess. Friends, as we see the day approaching, I believe this prayer is helpful to us. Oh, that you would protect me from evil. That I may not cause pain. And I thought about that, Lord. What are some of the dangers? Can I tell you, in the church, it's real easy for a root of bitterness to spring up. Keep me from evil. Keep me from bitterness. I don't understand this situation. I don't understand this individual. And that scripture in Hebrews talks about, don't let any root of bitterness spring up, whereby many be defiled. It's more than just you or me when we go through those seasons. So, oh, that you would protect me from evil, that I may not cause pain. 
I love the response at the end of this verse. It says, God gave him what he asked for. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, prayer warriors. <laughs> I'm thankful God hears and answers our prayer. Not always in our timing, but God hears and answers prayer. James chapter 4 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's effective. And he goes on to give an illustration about Elijah. As Elijah poured out for God. Elijah even... I mean, you have the weather on our smartphones, right? you got an app that tells you what the weather is. Well, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man was dictating the weather. Three years, no rain. Okay, I'm going to pray there's going to be rain. That's what Elijah's effective... If Elijah... Elijah didn't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, on the power of God. He's looking for Dales. He's looking for Rollins. He's looking for Lee. He's looking for Brads. He's looking for Says. He's looking for Holly. He's looking for Lane. He's looking for Crystals. He's looking for individuals today that say, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that you, your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. I tipped some great things for God. Time is running out. Vance Abner says the situation is serious, but the saints aren't. As we see the day approaching, I'm asking God to help us pray this prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. You would enlarge our territory, our influence, our impact, that your hand would be with us and that you would keep us from evil. Some of us might say this morning, my name is Jabez, my name is pain, my name is suffering. I know what that means. Can you trust God like he did and pray a new prayer like he prayed? Let God do a new thing. Let God expand the kingdom through you. In your family history, what's it going to be? When the genealogy of your life, is it going to be just the name? Is it just going to be a, a blip on the radar screen? Or is it going to be an honorable prayer warrior like Jabez? God gave him what he asked. In a moment, we're going to have communion. But I just in this holy moment right now, go ahead and stand with me. If God's speaking to your heart this morning, and you, before we have communion... If, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. I'd love to pray with you. If, if you say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me, and I just want to dedicate this to Him. I want to step out, and I want to just demonstrate, and I want to pray that God would, would work in my life. I just want to give, this, give you a moment. This altar is open as we prepare our hearts for sharing the Lord's Supper this morning. Anybody want to step out and say, this is the prayer I want to pray. Oh, that God would bless me indeed. That he would enlarge my territory, not for my own resume, not for my own selfish gain. No, it's all about the kingdom this morning. It's all about what God wants to do through me. Oh, that your hand would be with me. That you would keep me from evil. Anybody this morning just want to step out in faith and pray that with us this morning? God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. This is our heart's cry this morning.
want to pray this prayer today. Humbly before you, God. Right in the midst of the genealogy, this little gem that says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. God, from our hearts this morning, we pray this. We ask you to enlarge our territory. God, that the kingdom would have greater impact in our homes. The kingdom would have greater impact at work. The kingdom would have greater impact in Acadiana. The kingdom, Lord, even as we go across the swamp again, the kingdom would be expanded in in the capital region, God. And it's from the prayers of these people, from this church, that we even get sent. And the influence of this church is, is greater and impacted, God. Lord, you expanded our territory all the way to Istanbul, where Charles and Amber are serving today. God, I pray you today that you would bless them indeed. Let the hand of God be with them. Be with Ben as he's ministering on the campus of the University of Louisiana at Monroe. God, you are you you are ascending God. You're a missionary God. Oh, that you would enlarge our territory. But God, we cannot do it without you. We need your hand. We have to have have your hand upon us, God. If God be for us, who can be against us? But unless you move, Lord, if the cloud doesn't move, if the fire, pillar of fire doesn't move, we're not moving. We're only going to move when you move us, God. So, Spirit of God, fill us with all knowledge and wisdom and understanding that, that we would know your will, when to speak, when to just have wisdom, God. Oh, that your hand would be with Oh, that you would keep us from evil. Lord, I just pray a, a holiness and righteousness and purity over us, God. You're not wanting to take us out of the world, but you're wanting to keep us in the world, to be salt and to be light and to be your instruments, oh God. So let us infiltrate our culture and impact it for the kingdom of God. Keep us from the evil one. Lord, just as you prayed, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood today that you would make that so in our lives. For every intercessor, those that have asked God for their request today, God, as they... As they ask in accordance with your will and alignment, I believe that you will fill them today, that you will empower them to accomplish all that you have for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to prepare. Brother Marvin will come and Brad come and assist me this morning. Prepare for sharing the Lord's Supper. As we do the first Sunday of each month. You this is open table this morning. You're welcome. We will make two lines, come to the center aisle, and then go back to our seats after everybody's been served, and we'll eat and drink together. Don't feel uh, that you have to come, but all are welcome to his table this morning.
The communion supper instituted by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is a sacrament which proclaims his life, his sufferings, his sacrificial death and resurrection, and the hope of his coming again. It shows forth the Lord's death until his return. The supper is a means of grace in which Christ is present by the Spirit. It's to be received in reverent appreciation and gratefulness for the work of Christ. So may all of us who are truly repentant, forsaking our sins and believing in Christ for salvation, participate in the death and resurrection of Christ. We come to the table that we may be renewed in life and salvation and that we may be made one by his spirit. In unity with the church, we confess our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen and Christ will come again. We gather at his table. We gather in your name, Jesus, by your spirit who anointed, who was anointed to preach the good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, set at liberty those who are oppressed. Christ healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners, and established the new covenant for forgiveness of sins. We live in the hope of his coming again. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said... This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, when supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. So we gather, Lord, at your table. We are one. We just want to pause and say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for grace. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for new life in Christ. Thank you for grace books all over this sanctuary. Thank you for the truth and the hope of your coming again. We honor you. We bless you this morning. Thank you for your presence with us. Let's take the bread, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. Let's eat together. Take the cup, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you. Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you. And be thankful. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the family of God. Let's pray as he taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with your neighbor and go in his peace. God bless you.